Hey guys, welcome to the SD Local Podcast. This is Steven Levinson, your host and your local 401k specialist. Now, enough about me. This morning, we have a really cool guest. It's going to be our first dentist on the show, Dr. Daryl Torculus, also known as Dr. T. Man, this guy is a really, really cool guy. He is the owner of Collective Smiles. He's big into basketball, CrossFit, scuba diving, and just recently, he became a new dad. On top of all that, running his own practice is a huge deal, and we're really excited to have him on so that he can share with us everything that it takes to become a dentist, starting a practice, some of the highs, some of the lows, and also just talking shop as a local San Diegan. So we really look forward to having him on, so stay tuned. All right. Well, we're on. Thanks for joining us. Cool. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's very, very cool. Quick question before we kind of get into you, yeah. your practice and everything. You a UFC fan? Uh, I mean, I keep up. I mean, I saw what happened last night. Oh, yeah, you? yeah. Um, I saw the right when I put it on, it ended. Uh, and Or right when I main. turned. Yeah, in the main. And I was like, oh, and then you know, rewind a little bit. And he stumbled and... <laughs> um yeah i'm pretty unfortunate for it was him. a dramatic end yeah. for sure yeah and he's not gonna go out like that you know, i know yeah. the reason why i ask is because i know you're really uh not only are you a dentist and an owner mm-hmm. but you're a really active guy you yeah. love crossfit yeah you said yeah you're getting into scuba diving right so. yeah i was so i mean i'm still working on my license or well half of half of it's done like when i went to a resort um i think the limit i had for the classes was like 60, I think 40 feet or something like that. And uh-huh. then to get your full, is like you had to go 60 right. or 80. Um, but they, there wasn't enough time for that. Yeah. To finish, the but yeah. Exactly. So, um, I have half of it done. <laughs> Gotta get it done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so it was a fun time. I've been diving my, since I was like 13, 14 years old. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you're right. You start off at 40 and then when you get your full open water, yeah. You, you kind of dive a little bit past that. Right, right. right yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. So. I mean, when I went, it was cool. I mean, like, I was going out there yeah. with the people, but I was, like, pretty much attached to the, the lead dive. Uh, when I did it, it was in Grenada. Oh, that's yeah. a great place yeah. to learn how to dive. Yeah. It's warm. It's warm. Nice warm water. Um, the water was pretty clear, too, surprisingly, even for how deep we were going. We can see pretty well in there i see uh, i started off diving here the coronado islands and all that and it's really really cold there's some really beautiful dives out here but one of my favorite dives which will lead kind of right into Uh your practice here is one of my favorite dives was in honduras was in roatan oh 80 degree water sea turtles corals luminescent beautiful nice it was just one of those dives where you're like wow i mean this is the water is like a jacuzzi it's beautiful. No wetsuit. It's oh no wetsuit. Oh yeah, no need. It was absolutely nice. amazing. So yeah. we know that you ended up in Honduras, and that's yeah. really where you were exposed. Yeah, to that's dentistry. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about that. That's a really interesting story. So what happened? Um, this is freshman year of college. So I went to a UC Irvine, and there was a dental group, mm-hmm. um, and I had a family friend, and she was two years older, putting a group together. There was a dental and a medical. She's like, hey, I need spots to fill. Come on board. Mm. Um, I'm like, all right, because I didn't know what to expect. Freshman, I was in bio. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was, I thought I was going to do medicine, but then, you know, uh, going to Honduras, exposed, being exposed to both, yeah. I was like, all right, I think I can do dentistry. And that's pretty much what happened from there. Um, 
pretty crazy experience. Yeah, uh, we're not in like the nice part of Honduras. You know, they we fly in, and I think I remember correct if I remember correctly. Like when we're flying in, they're like, "Hey, this is probably the most dangerous airport you'll ever fly into," <laughs> because when you're flying in, it's a short, Strip. short, it's a short descent too, yeah. and there's power lines coming across. So like, if they overshoot, then they go back around and try to hit it, and then like, the sh- it's very short. But yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, and then after that, we took like a bus and put us in the school bus, yeah. load, loaded our luggage, drive two hours out to the middle of nowhere. They had a compound, wow. which was cool. So they built a compound. Uh, two bunkers and then like a big tent. Wow. Uh, for like where you eat your food, cafeteria and tables, and right. that's pretty much what they started. Uh, they were there probably for three years or so. Like they're just starting. Mm. Um, um, but yeah, and then we would f- go in there, two hour drive, and then they would bus us out for our the locations because they have the small towns that need dentistry. So mm-hmm. like they had they had our schedule planned. And you go an hour or two, bus mm-hmm. right out. Um, there was, I remember in our, my first trip, the first day, or not the first day, one of the first towns, we couldn't make it because the bus got stuck yeah. in the mud. Oh, so gosh. they had to deload. And then they were like, you guys are going to have to walk a few miles with the gear or, you know, we're going to have to figure out how to get there. Uh, luckily, we gave the city or the town our gear. So then the local dentists there were able to use it. We couldn't really yeah. make it on there. Yeah. Wow. So it was a trip. It was pretty crazy. Um, it's crazy how, you know, you tell like, Hey, there's a, you know, dentists are going to help the town lines up. It's pretty much a whole day event. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, lined a, up. it's a big deal. It's like, wow. Like, yeah. You got these guys coming in and yeah. you got to take advantage of the situation now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were like set up in schools or like we we're set up in schools pretty much. Cause that's how, I think that was the most efficient mm-hmm. way to do it. Um, we were working on like desk, your student, like, you know, your desk that has like, I don't know, a little table in front yeah. of you. And that's where we would do treatment or wow. like a plastic chair. And it was crazy, you know, like it was cool because it's like, you don't need a whole lot to do dentistry. So uh-huh. you've got to kind of be creative. Right. Around here, sometimes I forget, it's like, you got, you want to have the nice things. Like, oh, I need this to, in order to do this type of procedure. But when we're over there, it's like, you have what you have. <laughs> and you got to use it and then you got to figure out how to make it work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And yep. that's where it started. That's, that's a wild story. I mean, yeah. we take advantage of, uh, just the infrastructure to be able to. Oh yeah. And then, <laughs> the, and then the fact that like, when I want to go see my dentist or whatever, it's like, they're available. It's not like I have to wait for, right. You know, right. I mean, it's, it's really yeah. amazing. So that's, that's a crazy story. And so from there, you came back to the states, and what was what was the natural progression after that? So the natural progression was like, okay, I like this dentistry. I'm gonna stick with this organization because mm-hmm. the organization had or had history in Honduras, so there was continuous care. So I'm like, okay, because sometimes it's, there's some organizations or some trips that like you go there once and then you come back. Mm. So what drew me was the you know there's always a group that comes back to the same towns. It may not be at my school. Or the school I went uh, with, but then maybe a different school. So as long as you know, towns were getting continuous care. So that was cool. So then I decided to join that group. And then for the next, for pretty much throughout my college career, I was with that organization. Um, ended up becoming president of that club my senior year. Um, and then, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Wow. And so what college did you go to? I mean, you were in Indiana for a while, right? Right. So 
I was born and raised in San Diego. Yeah. And then I went to UC Irvine for four years. And that's when I did my um, outreach um, trips. Uh-huh. And then from there, I took a year off. Then I went to Indiana for dental school. And then after that, one year residency for at Ohio State. Oh, nice. And then I moved back. Yeah. Indiana's cold. My brother lived out there. Yeah. Bloomington is cold, man. Uh, I was actually, fortunately, I was in downtown. I was in Indianapolis. Oh. But it was still IU's campus. It was just right. in downtown. Got it. Um, I remember first year, I had my first winter, like, Indiana, Midwest, they're pretty well prepared. You know, like, yeah. they salt the roads. You can drive the next day when it snows hard. Um, and they rarely get any snow days. But the first time I was there, they're like, Hey, uh, how does it? Because I knew I was like California boy. Like, look at this, <laughs> look at this kid, you know. And um, you liking it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is different. You got seasons, right? Exactly. And uh, it was in January, and it was they were saying like, hey, this is gonna get pretty cold. This is like the coldest we've seen in years. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, and you know, when I was going there, and I wouldn't have the proper attire. I just layered, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, there was one day where the pipes in the school busted. So then the, the basement was pretty much flooding. Oh, uh, man. so they closed school for like two days and I was like, and they're like, yeah, this is, you're lucky. We never closed down even for snow days because you know, they're used to it. They know how to prepare for it. Yeah. 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 And they're like, Hey, this is the coldest. It's ever been. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Of course. <laughs> you know, when you show up, you bring the coldest yeah. it's ever been. Yeah. Exactly. And That's I mean, funny. it was cool. And then, like, you know, I was out there for five years. And then, you know, at a certain point, the cold, it's like, all right, when it's March, April, you're like, yeah. it's getting a little too cold. And yeah. then that's when I decided to move back home or one of the factors. You moved back. So this is really what I want to get into because um, dentistry is – it's it's tough. Like, not oh, only yeah. just, like, worrying about, you know, running your practice, but it's also, like, all the operational things behind right. the scenes, you know, staff scheduling billing Mm -hmm. all those things i mean there's a lot going on so you started collective smiles when did you start collecting did you buy it did you start it so how how did that work so that's the pretty much so what happened was that's the name of the company Mm -hmm. and then i when i moved back i worked full-time uh which i still work there but part-time now when i first started and then two years in i was like hey you know what like there's a little bit of something missing because when you work for someone, you're just doing the work. Right. And after a while, it's like, okay, what else, what, what else, else is there? there? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to go take a plunge and look for a practice. So I've been looking and then this practice was an acquisition. So someone, and there was a retiring doctor who was uh, ready to, you know, pass on the torch. And then he's like, Hey, I have this practice. Uh, and then pretty much put an offer in and, and yeah, and then he's like, all right, let's go make the transition over. And then so I acquired his practice. Um, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah, I went through a broker. There's a couple of brokers uh, in the dental industry. So, you know, you put your office up and they have a listing. And then you're just like, oh, this practice might fit me. And then you check it out. What's the broker called? Uh, this one was Henry Schein. Henry Schein? Henry Schein. So they're like a huge distributor for dental supplies, uh-huh. you know, and um, – they also do practice. They sell practices as well. Nice. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, there, I mean, there's a lot that comes yeah. with that. So, I mean, do you have staff? Uh, are so you kind of one man my, show right now? Or? Yeah. So this, this is a pretty different or unique type of acquisition. It was an acquisition, but it was pretty much like I bought the goodwill. 
Mm. Um, most of his patients knew he was retiring, so either they were waiting or they kind of were just like, you know, they were like going to look for new dentists. Uh, wow. And so it was pretty much declining a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to treat it. Even though I had a practice with some patients, I had to treat it as a startup. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were at. Uh, and still treating it as a startup because, you know, some of the patients, they leave. There's about 30% attrition rate. Um, so patients leave right automatically when there's a new owner, new doctor. Um, and then sometimes they might not like how I do things. They're like, hey, I'm going to leave because they're used to his style and how he ran pra- right. his practice. So they're like, ah, I don't like this. I don't know like, about this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had to deal with a lot of that. So then it became pretty much like, okay, how do I... It's not your some acquisitions where you can go in, you already have patients, and then you just run the show. Right. This one was like, all right, it was on a decline a little bit. Now you're building it back up. I have to up. build it back right. up. Um, and so it was pretty much a, hey, I know you better practice, but you have to treat it like a startup. Right. And I didn't realize this till probably six months to a year into it because you're in the honeymoon phase. Like, oh, you got all these patients. Yeah. You're seeing all these things. Like, oh, everything looks great. And then all of a sudden it's like, Where'd they go? Yeah, they started kind of dropping off naturally. Dropping off or uh, just, yeah, they they see you for the first appointment. They're like, okay, I'll go somewhere else yep. um, or something. Um, and then that's pretty much what happened. It's a challenge. Like just being an entrepreneur in general, yeah. having your own company, it's it really is. And it takes a lot of time. And I think that goodwill that you're talking about is that building the trust and, and really building. I mean, you have your own brand. Yeah. You know, and so it's like those patients that were with the previous dentist right they may think you're a great guy and everything but they're like eh, i don't know i'm not yeah for like, sure yeah I, I like this sort of style yeah. or whatever it may be so i mean he's been there for 30 years right yeah, it's, so it's a long time yeah so the style of dentistry then and the style of dentistry now very like different the younger the new dentist they're trying to change that perception mm. you know um and so those patients and a lot of my patients are older um, they're starting to get, I'm starting to get a lot more younger, like yeah. my age kind of, cause they're, you know, like, yeah. Oh, who's this guy? Like, I like what he's doing. Right. Um, that's where the, I have to kind of bridge the gap and kind of like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what they're used to. Like, I can't, there are some things I can do with them that I, you know, I can yeah. not do with. Talk you know, about yeah. that. What what are some of the differences? I mean, old school new versus new school. Yeah. And- so, so the old school, the old school ways you go in. Um, some patients they're like, he ran a certain, he ran his practice a certain way. So like when you go to a dentist, these patients have an understanding with insurance or probably don't have an understanding of insurance. Mm. Um, so a lot of them are like, they feel like, Hey, I pay for my insurance on my work. I feel like I don't have to pay. Or like, there's like a pretty much insurance is like a coupon. It, uh, pays for some part, not all of it. All of it, yeah. So what he was doing, and this is a common practice, is like, I mean, he didn't have debt. He didn't have uh, business debt, school debt, or anything. So he can do whatever he wants. So he's like, hey, come on in. I won't pay, I won't charge you or you don't have to pay your half. I'll just build your insurance. So there was a lot of that going on. So technically, it's fraud because right? um, it's the patient's copay. Um, a lot of patients were used to that. And then when they when I came in and I was like, hey, you know what? These I've I've. When I transitioned in, I had a uh, financial policy. So, like, for the older patients who've been there, I'm like, okay, I will honor the, hey, you can come in, I'll do your cleaning, any major work, you know, you're going to have to pay a portion. So, I did that. I didn't collect probably from his patients 
for the first year or two, mm. or first year, year and a half or so. And then, you know, now I'll, my staff or my front desk were a little bit more strict. It's like, hey, today your portion will be this much, you know, this is what you're going to have to pay yeah. when you get things done. So a lot of them now are just, the funny part is a lot of these patients know that they right. have a copay or they have to pay. Yeah. It's just a matter of what I'm used to. when, when is this going to happen? So right. when he's gone, it's like, now they're like, oh crap, yeah. I got to figure out. And there's still a bunch of dentists that do that. So I tell us like, hey, look, I don't do that, unfortunately, but in order for me to provide the care that I think is the best to my abilities and then for you, like it's going to cost you this amount, you know? And um, I tell him my time, he's like, you know, if someone's taking a shortcut, chances are they're probably taking a shortcut somewhere in their office. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, but yeah. you'll you'll experience it. And a lot of them are like pretty receptive. They're like, okay, I get it. You yeah. know, and then like, it's like, oh, he's never billed me before. He's never collected money. You're like, why do I have to pay for this? And then it's like, look, like, this, yeah, that, is, this and, is the insurance, you know? And we've had these, not arguments, but it's more conversations, educating yeah. the patients, yeah. you know? And um, that's pretty much what it is. Because like in that mindset where you're just, hey, I'm going to bill your insurance, some insurances say they have a range from a thousand to two thousand. The doctor, what I've seen is okay, he doesn't have to pay much, but how can I max out a thousand, two thousand from that patient? Mm. So it may lead to over treatment, you know, versus for me, it's like, hey, this is what you need, you know, like I can't bill, you know, I can't collect the 2000 but then it's like all right let me find other things i can do for extra money kind of thing and that's the sad reality of it um Mm. and that's how it's done um and then the new patients um i'm like you know most of them are pretty educated with their insurance they still some of them are like hey um you know my insurance pays for this why isn't it paying for all then again it goes back to education and just understanding the breakdown of what type of insurance they have and what it covers and what they're getting into mm-hmm. uh, but they understand um the younger the younger crowd for the most part they have healthy teeth so they don't <laughs> they don't need a whole lot of work so yeah, that's okay your general cleaning yeah. and maybe yeah. your, it's your the uh, it's the older or... ones that are like you know it's like teeth are like okay now we start figuring out how to replace teeth yeah, like the major and all sorts of stuff major yeah. work and then that's when the price or like uh the price or care or in the cost of care goes up yep and and that's that's normal, you know. As yeah. you age, teeth break down. Um, yeah, wear and tear over time, yeah. and that's why I always say, like, hey, you know, brush the teeth that you want to keep because you know <laughs> when you get older, you you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love listening to all the like conversations. Like there was this guy who interviewed a dentist, and he asked the dentist, like. Hey, how many times do you floss your teeth? And the dentist was like, look, I tell everybody to floss their teeth, but I'm terrible at flossing my own teeth. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's hard to like constantly it, remember to do it. Yeah, you know? it's it's true. You know, doctors <laughs> or dentists are the worst patients. You know, when I go to my colleague for uh, my care, I'm like, he's like, hey, you sure you don't want to take like, I try not to backseat like backseat driver his treatment so i was like hey you do what you need to do, do yeah. he's like do you want your x-rays uh do you want me to like do this this you know for a procedure i was like look man like yeah, yeah. i don't want to be that that patient because there's you know like i've been there i've seen that pet type and i'm just like yeah. you know it's 
It's tough. It let tough. me ask, like, so I know the dental community is really tight knit. A lot of you dentists go to like similar schools or you have are right. part of different, like same organizations and stuff. And so where do you guys go for financial advice or where do you guys go for like, just understanding like how to set up a practice and everything that goes into that? Yeah. Like where, where do you guys look to? So when I was starting out, it was pretty much podcast. Mm-hmm. And whoever was doing it, there's a, probably a few big key players in the dental industry that are like, they're not like big companies, but their names are, they're, they're known for like practice transitions um, and not, not to you off, But do you know the white coat investor? I do. And that's a big book. That's one of the books that uh, one of the guys that I listened to, you know, recommended yeah. was the white coat investor. And I mean, in dental school, they don't teach you much about buying a practice or running a business. It's all the technicalities. Like That's the problem. How to do it. Yeah. So the White Coat Investor and the other book, The E-Myth, mm. Revisited, was one of the books that, you know, like, if you're going to buy a practice, this is what you're going to need to read. Yeah. One of the key, there's a few other books like Traction and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it was, okay, what? There was a few questions. Like, there was a, f- when I went to buy this practice, I had no idea. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I want to live in San Diego. Let me look for a practice there. Obviously, you look at the PNL report, but from my experience, the PNL report does not reflect the office accurately. Mm-hmm. Why? Because sometimes um, they want to they want to sell the practice, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you you get the data that's in front of you, but then you won't truly know until yeah, until it's done, until I mean, it's, it's done, and you're in there, right? Yeah. So when I went in, I was like, oh, this looks good, yeah, but then. <laughs> You no, know, you go in there. You're like, okay, hold up. There's something wrong. And then when you when you di- when you do a deep dive and you start working the practice, and then you figure out, okay, this is what's really what's going on. Like, I saw the billing issues. I saw what was going on. I was like, oh, that's why the number of revenue was high because he had a family member and then wasn't really paying them in the office, so it doubled his revenue. It's like, okay, right. so cut expenses, right? You know, um, so yeah, honestly, when I was this practice, um, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but then this, we can, um, talk about this later or whenever is I was going through another practice acquisition recently. Uh-huh. And then that was a total different, like, then I had some guidance, Yeah, you know, then I knew what was going on. I was like, okay, this is what it was. But other than that, I just found like my, the doctors that I worked for, they were pretty cool. So mm-hmm. they, they let me know, like, this is what you need to kind of look at. And then talking to friends who were doing it, um, mm-hmm. The one part I was missing was probably finding a legit or someone who actually did buy a practice within five, six years of my dental career. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else was older, so they had a different view mm-hmm. or no one else has done it. So in my group of colleagues, friends, I was probably one of the first few that got a practice. Well, congrats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a big step, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's it's huge. It's yeah. huge. And on top of that, you're a new dad? Yeah. So I had a daughter back in August. Wow. So yeah. Talk about responsibilities, my friend. You mm-hmm. got a lot going on. Yeah, it, it's crazy, you know. And I'm I mean, you still have hair on your head. I know, right? Well, like <laughs> this uh yeah. Well, she like That's funny. Um she's still in Houston. Uh-huh. So like it's part time. Like yeah, back and forth. Back and forth. So that's another, yeah. you know, big thing too. So but other than that, it's working out um, pretty comfortably and yeah. great. So we're, we're making it work. But yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. lot going on, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So talk a little about 
your practice, some of your specialties, what you feel like you do really good at, or do you do good in everything that you do? I mean, you do implants, you do cosmetic Mm -hmm. and also just general practice, your typical cleanings and stuff like that. So first two years are, I still do my own cleanings, you know, but I have a hygienist on board now. So he kind of took the load off so I could see and do other procedures. Um, So, Graduating dental school, I did the residency. The residency allowed me to do implants, sedation, um, taking out wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much the whole scope of dentistry. And then I practice within my limits, knowing if I can't do things, then obviously I'll, I'll yeah refer out. Um, but it's pretty much anyone who comes in, I can treatment plan fully like, hey, you need this. Mm. And then kind of get you back to your health. Um, so cleanings... Uh, fillings, extractions, patients want veneers, crowns, we can do that too. Um, and then implants as well. Um, ortho, I limit myself. I'm not too comfortable doing ortho. Um, ortho is a little bit more, it's not rocket science, but at the same time, it's a different whole ball field of practice style. Um, because that's a whole different system itself. So I just keep it to the bread and butter dentistry. Because mm-hmm. um, you want to be able... The way how I have my practice set up is when a patient comes in, I want to be able to treat that patient, you know, and so that they don't have to go like, hey, you need to go here for this. You need to go here for that. You need to go here for this mm-hmm. um, treatment. Um, but if it gets complicated, then yeah, mm-hmm. I'll refer out. Um but there's plenty of patients to go around. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So where's the practice located? So the practice is in Linda Vista. So uh-huh. right above for Fashion Valley, just go up the street. It's okay. in a little strip mall. Right Central. There. Yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's a. It's a pocket that's. It's so so. It's uh-huh. okay. Yeah, I went in there. Like you go down the street. It's literally down the street from USD. Oh, okay. Um, you know, that's there's a McDonald's in there. Um predominantly asian you know but yeah. there's a lot of hispanic patients as well yeah. and i get pretty much around the patients from the surrounding community yeah. and you go down and it's, it's, then it's la mesa claremont yeah. so it's like a small little pocket area right there yeah, yeah it's a good area yes yeah. on top of that you're super close to the college so there's yeah. opportunity yeah. there yeah well there's yeah 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 that's awesome so that's Very pretty good. cool so yeah. how long now have you been in practice there with collective smiles two years, two years uh now. two years as of this past February. Yeah, congrats, yeah. man. Yeah. It's huge. So, I mean, I'm still part-time and that's just the way it is, you know, mm-hmm. until you slowly grow. And I mean, it's a right. long process. Yep. So, Yep. Yeah. Well, clearly you have a lot of passion and I mean, you have the experience and so on. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that, you know, this practice is just going to grow and grow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in, a, I mean, the location is super central. Right. Um, and like any business, I mean, it, it's going to take time to kind of ramp that up, but mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, you're already bringing on a, a hygienist and doing all the things. Do you do any sort of community outreach or is there any things that you, you yeah, like I do? still, uh, I still do, um, the outreach. So last year, I think, so it was last year was Grenada mm-hmm. or before COVID. I wasn't able to go last year during COVID. So they yeah. closed that. Um, this year, I think they're just starting back up, but it might be a little late. So they may be starting September, October ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, I like to get back out there. Um, and this organization, Thousand Smiles, um, they're pretty much in the Caribbean area. So mm-hmm. the year before was St. Lucia, Grenada, and then I think 
I forget. There's like there's like three um, countries that they rotate through. Um, but the, again, they also have uh, teams at each three locations at one time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, it's not as separate yeah. for the treatment. Yeah. Anything in San Diego wise, like that you're thinking about doing now that you have a new practice. San Diego wise, it's a little uh, a little bit tougher to, per se to find. Uh-huh. Like, I don't I haven't seen much. Uh-huh. Uh, usually, it's through the San Diego Dental Society, um, but I haven't seen much from what they were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know UCSD is doing, um, Oh, that's right. They have association down here off midway or something like that, where they do a lot of, right, right, right. That one is like, is also, what do you call it? It's like this dental students as well. They're pre dental students. And I remember, I remember that they get one or two dentists and then they just kind of kind of rotate them out and they have speakers and stuff like that. I think this one's like, that one's actually like an actual clinic too. I think I have a colleague that does it and it's like, he just shows up. Yeah. And it's like a faculty member. Like acts like a faculty yeah. and then that's yeah. I mean, shoot, your experience, like just two years of going through the process of like buying a practice, finding the practice and everything, yeah. like there's so much great information there that you could provide to some of these um yeah. students that are, you know, pre dent even in pre dental. Yeah, no, it, it's you don't know what you don't know until you, know, you do until it. Until you do it. Exactly. And like, you know, you think it's a walk in the park. Cause like it, it was crazy eyes. When I was working, I was like, man, they're making, I'm doing the same procedures, if not more as these other doctors, Mm -hmm. but they're making the money off me. Right. And it's like, man, like I want to do this myself, but the key component or what I was going through when I was first starting, I was like, but in order for me to get, in order for them to be able to give me all that work, there's so much more systems behind the scenes of how to get a patient, you know, getting the patient in your doors, getting the patient to say yes to the treatment and again, the patient to pay. Mm-hmm. So all those steps had to come in before they sat in my chair and, and like, you know, I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. You know? So now the dentistry is easy to me. I mean, a patient walks in, I at least know how to treat them or what I can do to treat them. Mm-hmm. I won't be like, Hey, I don't know. I'll turn you away. So, you know, that's the good part. The mm-hmm. hard part is the business aspect. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm treating patients, most of the times it's autopilot. Like, we're doing a filling, we're doing an extraction. It's easy to know how to do this. But then everything else, like, yeah, I'm around I mean, the office, right. it's like, it's like okay, like, I got to make sure, hey, we got to call this patient for a post-op phone call, you know. Um, do they have everything? Do they know who to call if they have any issues? Um you know, things like what's the next step mm-hmm. and all that answering all their questions. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, again, I think that there's a big hole, um, whether you're a dentist or even a physician and you're starting your own private practice, is, mm-hmm. you know, you know how to do your job. Yeah. That's not the hard part. The yeah. hard part is everything else oh, that yeah. comes along with that job. And yeah. I don't think that those schools properly, Get you ready for, yeah. hey, now I'm a dentist or, hey, now I'm a physician. Now what? Yeah. And I think there's a big hole there, but it's either you, you know, you learn or you don't. Yeah. You just, you, so you're you guys, yeah. And then so like, I remember someone telling me, he's like, hey man, you're going to start swimming with the sharks now, <laughs> you know, and now you're just a small fish. And I was like, man, cause I mean, you're going to have to do it, yeah. you know, and in dentistry, like in order to like, you know. What I'm seeing lately, especially COVID and what 
opened my eyes was like, there's a lot of these doctors who are retiring mm. or selling their practice. A lot of practice went up for sale. A lot of them are 65, 70 years old. Yep. But when I looked at these practices, because these past few months I was looking for another practice to acquire, a lot of them, I was like, so why are you trying to sell? He's like, oh, it's just, I'm ready to retire, COVID. And I'm like, but looking at their practice, there was no uh, pre-planning of selling the practice. Mm-hmm. So they weren't ready for retirement. So they were pretty much forced into retirement. And then in my head, I was like, I don't want that. You know, like you get a practice, you know, you work on it. It's a business. But at the same time, there's going to be a certain time in your life where you're like, hey, either I can't practice anymore because my hands are, I'm tired. I have an injury or like you want to do something else with dentistry. Right. Um, and a lot of those, it's like, you have to, I'm learning now. It's like, you have to cultivate the practice or build it up to the point where, you know, you may need to sell it at some point because a lot of these practices I've seen, they're asking for a lot. And a lot of people who are offering are just like, it's not worth as much. So they, what they think is a lot is actually not, you know, and they also don't take in into effect a lot of other, other things, uh, in the sense of, you know, how to offload the practice and in a way to keep it. Um, tax efficient for them. And I'm right. sure you and I can go over that yeah. offline. But yeah, yeah. Beyond that, um, it, it is a very interesting field. And I think a lot of yeah. people have the idea that, oh, you know, you're coming out of dental school and now you're loaded and, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's far from the truth, man. I mean, you guys yeah. have to deal with a lot of, you know, yeah. upward battles. Oh yeah. It's that point. we're like in the trenches right. <laughs> and you still got to climb a mountain. And then, you know, dentistry is a really, really awesome profession. Totally. I love it. You know, um, I get to work with my hands. Every case is different. Every day yeah. is different. It's not boring. Yeah. Um, it's but constantly changing. It's, it, it is. Yeah. But for the person who's going to dentistry for money, um, I would tell him, I would tell them to reconsider. Yeah. Unless, you know, you're the type of person that's like, hey, if you can do it for money, then you're, you have to be the business. Like, it's a whole different ballgame because in dentistry, you can either be the doctor, have a solo practice, mm-hmm. a really well-run solo practice and put doctors in it. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be the type that's like, I want to buy this practice, that practice, that practice. But then now you're dealing with five practices and you're as one. Everything. And then you have to grow it as one because now you own five. Right. And if you're going to try to sell it, Nowadays, they're looking at how all five perform, not just the one. One, exactly. Um, and so it's more risk. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of venture capitalist uh, yeah. companies, they like that. Yep. They like the bigger, like three to five. But you also have to prove like, hey, each office, or for the most part, your business is profitable. Yeah. Um, across all five. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting trend because now that's where it's going to is like, I'm a solo practice. Me, I have an assistant and I have a hygienist. Mm-hmm. The trend now is group doctors yep. coming together. Yep. I have a practice. My colleague so-and-so has a practice. Hey, let's go to this venture capitalist firm. They want to get into the dental industry. So they do. They buy us. They buy our practice together. Mm-hmm. They then change the business name, market, whatever. But they keep their doctors in there to run it. Mm. But now they take. now they have their way of marketing and doing so they put their systems in our offices mm-hmm. with an already with a practice that's already making money so then just like okay how do we make it better so that's like the trend that i see now where it's like all right come together and then that's pretty much it and so, do you like that i mean is that uh, what you're trying to do or are you trying to stay private and 
it's you're trying to you know just keep it right now i'm i like i like being like me and then probably work with a few doctors and then you know eventually the goal is my goal is to own like two to three practices in Uh southern california and then my plan is yeah then probably sell it Mm -hmm. um maybe not to a corporate per se but to another person because usually what could happen is like if i have if i own it if i own the three practices right or if another doctor comes in with me it's 50 50 mm-hmm. hey you could buy my share so then now you own all three offices mm-hmm. or you can have people buy in that so that right. kind of keeps the power of dentistry and the, running the business amongst the doctors because yeah. some corporate you know like it's good to have a dental background yeah when treating oh. patients or running the office <laughs> versus like having a corporate right entity that's like hey i know how to they know how to run the business but they don't know the actual pra- you know practicing yeah so like sometimes i've seen like there's some like extravagant expectations mm-hmm. of treating patients but you're like mm, let's step back a little bit like you know certain procedures they want you to get done at this time when it actually takes this much longer or you know meeting production goals and there's just a different mindset when you have an owner that's a dentist or a previous dentist that kind of knows what's going on versus mm-hmm. like someone who just comes in. It's like, Hey, I'm going to run your office like a business, which is also good because they know how to run a business, mm-hmm. but then you get challenges both ways. Yep. So it all depends. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I, I will say that you being, um, you know, two years in, I mean, I've had an experience with certain dentists um, that, you know, they're at they're at that age, like you said. I mean, they've been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. They're tired. They're really not putting that much money into their practice anymore. Right. They're not making it any better. The interior looks like kind of old and run down. Right, it's right. It's the same kind of deal. And I think a lot of clients or patients uh, see that and they're yeah. like, eh, we're not really enjoying this. So there's a lot of benefit to you because yeah. you're passionate about what you do and you're investing in, yeah. in this business. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to, yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. investing in, in, in providing the best patient care possible. Right. Right. And I think there's a lot of value there. So yeah. I think that there's going to be a really bright future for you. Yeah. Thank sure. you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Like, you know, when my dentist retired, and then I went to my colleague and then like, it's total different, like style of practice. Cause I went with her, I went to my dentist since I was little. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the progression. And then when I go to my colleague, I'm like, Oh, like, you know, and times are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all about patient experience, patient care, Yes, you know, and, totally. uh, the old style of dentistry, you know, there's, there's a place and time for that. But then nowadays, like the younger crowd, you know, the people who are our age, they're going to be my patients yeah, and their families. So, and they're going to, yeah. And they're going to know what that's like. Cause you know, um, they just want the, the, a good experience and know? develop that relationship yeah. with you as well too. Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. Great. Well, so if someone wants to come in and, and, uh, start working with you, what's the best way to get in contact is just give you a call or uh, email, you know, you can give me a call too. Uh, so Daryl Torculus, um, uh, at Gmail, um, my Instagram, I'm on that. Um, and then, you know, my phone number, you know, shoot me a text. Yep. Um, yeah, if people like dental students, I have, it's interesting, I had one yesterday or I think two days ago um, ask, like, hey, can I come shadow you? Like, mm-hmm. come take a look. And I was like, yeah, you know, so if, you know, there's students that want to do that, That's awesome. we, can, we can set up something because I know what it's like, you know, being in there um, yeah. and trying to figure out what to do because, 
you know, you don't really know what you know. So like, you know, I tell everyone's like, hey, go, go see other dentists, not just mine. Because the way I do things might be very different is different from another practice, you know, and I've, you know, I've interviewed at a bunch of places and I've saw when I was part time and looking for another job, it's like, hey, you know, like, let me see, like when I'm working there, I see, oh, this is how they do the things. Mm -hmm. It's how they run their practice insurance based. Okay. Then there's the Medi-Cal type style, you know, um, fee for service, you know, how they do things. Um, and there's different, different styles of how you want to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of what's going to fit your best style of practice without compromising your ethics of doing dentistry and compromising care for the patients. So important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. You know, You've got so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really bright future for you. And I uh, I look forward to actually coming in and visiting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Guys. Yeah, just let so me know when. Yeah. It'll be a good yeah, time. Yeah, cool. So thanks very much, man. All right, cool.